Hello, you guys, and Merry Christmas, or Merry Almost Christmas. Merry Christmas Eve, technically. I'm just sitting here, kicking back, sipping some eggnog, fidgeting with a pine cone, putting my hair up in a bun with a candy cane, uh, spreading tinsel around, polishing my ice skates, doing all manner of Christmassy things. That's how Christmassy I am. Um, but really, I hope you're having a good one. And uh, I wanted to give you guys a gift. And that gift is the first episode of Childish, the podcast that I'm doing with Greg Fitzsimmons. You've certainly heard me talking about it. If you haven't, you're new here. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Um, but I thought I would, uh, I would gift you the first episode. I'm actually foisting it upon you. But I mean, you have free will. I'm just saying, I think you're going to enjoy it. Here it is. It's a sneak preview, except it's episode one. So it's a sneak post view of episode one. I just thought, why not start at the beginning? Because you're going to like it and you're going to want to listen to all the episodes and you're going to want to have started at the beginning. And then you can uh, listen as the show evolves. Like right now, it's an irreverent parenting podcast for people who have kids or for people who don't have kids. You don't have to have kids. You do not have to have kids to enjoy it. But who knows where it's going to go? It might evolve into a podcast about art criticism. It might evolve into a true crime podcast. Maybe it'll become a cooking show. So, you know, you want to say you were there before it turned into whatever it's going to turn into. It might metamorphosize like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly or like um, that guy from that book turning into an insect, Gregor Samsa. You still with me? I thought so. Okay, anyway, here is the episode. I love you. And uh, all new, fresh episode on Thursday. Here we go. Oh, and one more thing. A PS, if you will, which you will. If you like what you're hearing and want to find out more, go to childishpod.com. Also, that's what we are everywhere. We're childishpod.com. We're childishpod at gmail.com. If you want to send us a little note, we are at childishpod on Twitter and we're at childishpod on Instagram. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, because we tackle some voicemails, uh, if you go to childishpod.com and hit contact, the phone number is right there. Okay, for real, here's the episode. You heard the childish theme song for the first time. It'll be in your head now forever. It's a uh, yeah. It's going to be something we 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 tested it through NASA to become mm-hmm. a what do they call it a wormhole? It goes an in earworm? your brain. An earworm. It's an earworm. It's an earworm. It's a wormhole. Yeah. It's both. Yeah. It exists in the multiverse. I had um, I had somebody put um, "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head" by Mac Davis. No, not Mac Davis. Bj something. And uh, I was down south, and it just and it went in my head, and literally it was three days. Could mm. not flush it out. I had nothing's gonna stop us now by Jefferson Starship. Oh, the you lost me on Starship. Yeah, Jefferson Airplane, the best. Love them. Yeah, Jefferson Starship. There was quite a drop off. Anyway, I had that song. Is that the song? It's the theme song from Mannequin. Did you see that movie with no. Ma- Andrew McCarthy? And, I might uh, have in the 80s. And Samantha from Sex and the City. Uh-huh. There was Mannequin. There was Mannequin 2. Anyway, that's the theme song. And whenever there was like a quiet moment in my head for a year, like probably a decade, that would pop into my head. Yeah. And I never really knew why, but I, I always thought, I bet if I go to a therapist, I could get to the bottom of this. Granted, I have been to many a therapist and never brought it up. This Next summer, time. this summer, I don't know how the song... Working on Crashing, I was in New York for three and a half months, and me and the showrunner 
started singing Midnight at the Oasis. You know the next line? Uh, no, I'm nodding. Send your camel to bed. I don't know this song. <laughs> you never heard that song? No, what is this? It's like this, it was this big hit, I think, in the 70s, late 70s. And I believe the woman that sang it was named Monica something. And um, it was the craziest lyrics. Midnight at the Oasis, send your camel to bed. Yeah. Like, we're going to fuck. We just oh. did it. Childish. We couldn't decide in doing this podcast <laughs> right. childish, because this is the first episode, of how clean or dirty do we make it? Are we appealing to oh, people we're dirty. that are, we're dirty? We're dirty. When, I mean, when we get to the next segment, my first thing is, is fairly dirty. But wait a minute. Why can't you fuck in front of a camel? Like of all the... And I, by the way, I know that you have sex with your wife in front of your dogs. Because I was surprised well, not by that. in that order. I mean, we don't line up the dogs. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you bring them into the room. I know you trained them to watch. Come here, Brule. Here's your treat. <laughs> You're not holding up a treat. Uh, the first time that you told me that, I remember being shocked. And then you're like, it's too hard to kick them out. Yeah. But now that we have a similar dog, similar in that like she kind of does what she wants. Yeah. And you just, you, just, uh, you just reconfigure your life around it. I totally get it. Yeah. I totally like if there's if there's affection happening, she wants to be a part of it. And as to a certain degree you have to let it happen. And yes. I'm not I'm not describing bestiality like there's nothing sexual happening, no. but there's just like a lot of fur around my face often. And also <laughs> and my husband also deals with that because since having a child, I've stopped grooming. There you have it. There you so have I it. went off the deep end. I went off the deep end with dirtiness. It didn't need to go there. No, well, we. I think we want to establish what this show is in the first five minutes. It's and confessional I think and it's dirty. And it's show, honest. The show is honest. If nothing else, you will hear. Here's the premise of the show, if you're new to it. You're all new to it. It is, I've got kids that are almost fully raised. Allison has child. Who I is, have one child who's, uh, well, by the time you hear this, he might be a few weeks or a month older, but he's 19 months, right. a little over one and a half. And then I'm pregnant with my second, also a boy. He will be... So Elliot, my son, will be just turned two when this next guy is born. So the, the, the hope of this podcast is that somehow I take whatever wisdom, bullshit, it's, that I have learned and I'm going to impart it onto you to carry, to carry on. And... I am not, and please, please don't take this wrong way. Oh boy. I love you. I'm not yet convinced that what you're passing on to me <laughs> is wisdom. It is experience. It's I'm exp passing yeah. on experience. I appreciate another viewpoint. Yes. Well, there's a lot of big topics parent wise that we have not yet discussed. Things that are like, like the question of discipline and all of this stuff, which I'm just beginning to realize I'm going to have to figure out like what I think about all of that because Elliot is now just kind of becoming a two-year-old who doesn't obey. You know, he doesn't listen. Well, some behavioral psychologists will say that he's already been fully shaped by your parenting, that you can't really parent beyond two years. Oh, good. Then I am going to put my feet up. Oh, yeah. The early I'm tired. Guys, oh, yeah. Freud and Erickson, <laughs> right. those guys all were are about early, early childhood development, that right. it all happens then. Right. And that, you know, and we really do, I think, we gestate a little too long in our culture. You mean people don't become adults till right. real late? Yeah. Yeah. Everything's late. I mean, my husband and I just bought our first house, which I feel like is an accomplishment in Los Angeles. Congratulations, Thank by you. the way. Because Los Angeles is, the real estate here is insane. For the amount of a, like a starter home here, you could get a, a palace somewhere else, so I do, I feel like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we have accomplished this. At the same time, my parents, by the time they were our ages, had teenagers and had owned their home for, they were probably done paying off their mortgage, mm -hmm. like forever. Yeah. So everything is, we just ate too long and there's a real delayed uh, maturation yeah. here. But I feel like that's happening everywhere. So anyway, uh, we haven't even said who we are. I'm Allison Rosen. And I'm Greg Fitzsimmons of Fitzdog Radio. Oh, yeah. And I'm Allison Rosen of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. 
So the the genesis of this show is that uh, Allison and I first knew each other from on the Corolla show. Yes, where I was for many years. And um, apparently I was also, since that's where we knew each other from. Right. Um, <laughs> I wasn't there every day. I was there, no. I was there like every couple Often. months yeah. for many years, still there. Love the show. Um, and then you left. I left. And you started your own thing that I started coming on all the time. That's right. And you started coming on Fitz Dog Radio all the time. And we found that we loved each other's company. We do. I like talking to you. I find you to be very present, very curious, intelligent, and... Um, and I like that you like that about me. I knew you were going to say <laughs> you that. You did? Did yeah. you? Oh, damn it. Yeah. Audience, if you also knew I was going to say that, let me know and I'll just no, retire that one. This is where you one. say something nice back I to know. Me. I love talking with you. I feel that I can totally be open and honest on myself with you and your why. You know, I remember, speaking of... Um, now I'm just going to tell stories out of school because I do. There was, I don't know if you, there, there was some, in that old job, there was a situation that was bugging me. Uh, it was a small situation, but I remember being in the green room of a comedy club talking to you about it, being like, this is like, what do I do? This is bothering mm. me. Um, so I've been confiding in you and turning to you for advice and wisdom. So yeah, I guess I do think you have wisdom to impart for years now. I love it. I love it. So that's the show. Do your children turn to you for advice and wisdom? My son does. If my daughter needs it, she won't ask for it. She'll we'll have a conversation and I can tell she's feeling around for it, but mm-hmm. she has she has to save face. And for her it's too vulnerable to come out and ask. Right. Because she she makes she makes me feel like um or she tries to make me feel like I'm like Man speaking her or dad speaking her, I should say. Dad splaining. I'm dad splaining. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She thinks I overexplain, and then I tell her things she already knows. Interesting. And it's like, no, you didn't fucking know that. Yeah. And I, 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 f- I forget something came up. We were watching Fish Called Wanda last night, family movie night, and um, I forget something really obscure came up. And I go, oh, that. She goes, I know, Dad. And it's like, oh, are you, you going to be that child? Are you going to be like the fucking hackneyed character of the teenager <laughs> who can't be told anything by their dad? But I remember feeling that very strongly with my parents, that when they were telling me something, I felt like I felt insulted because they're implying that I don't know it. But you don't. I know, but you can't accept that till you're old. Right. I guess that is a part of, that's, that's what growing up is. I think it is. It's pushing away the Yeah, the, uh, I do think it's, supports. I do think, right. It's individuating, and I think you kind of have, in order to create space to become your own person, you have to be like, fuck you, I'm doing it on my own. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, it's not hard for me to still occasionally slip into that with my parents. Yeah. And I'm, I'm old now. Uh, how old are your children? Son is 17. He'll be 18 uh, on October 3rd, 2018, which is fucking crazy because he will be voting. My son will be voting in the midterm elections this year. Wow. And uh, he's, you know, he's a good boy. He's like a, he's a little man. He's no longer a boy. He's, right. He really is like a young man. You know, we, we a- gave him a car. He's never been in an accident. He's got his little girlfriend. He's captain of the soccer team. <clears throat> straight A's. Wow. Good kid. Good for you. And my daughter is 15 and she is a she's a she is a deep, fascinating, strong, vulnerable person, beautiful. And uh it's funny cuz I always I used to always say to parents like which one of your kids do you love the most? <laughs> cuz I really did believe before I was a parent, uh-huh. I really did believe there had to be one you loved more than the right. other one. Because I know your two kids. I can tell you which one I love more. <laughs> right. I can tell you which one almost everybody loves more out of your two kids. And it's not the shitty one. And uh, and, and I realized like, with my kids, I used to think about this today. Like, I, like if, I, if the test was who would you rather spend time with, mm-hmm. it depends on what we're doing. And even then, I would say... I don't know if I wouldn't want it's it's so weird to explain that right. you can feel the same way about two people or the same depth of love for two people. That's very reassuring for me to hear because 
I have just entered my second trimester and it's starting to become more real to me that, oh, I'm really having a baby. Like, of course, it's, it's, you know, of course, I know I'm about to have another baby, not about to, but I'm in the process of creating another baby. But it hasn't really become real to me until now. Like, I'm starting to have very weird labor dreams and I'm just starting to think, how is that, how is that going to work when I already have this little guy that I love so much and it just sort of all of the, how's it going to work and what's he going to be like? And Daniel and I talk, that's my husband. We talk about that a lot. Like what's this next one going to be like? And both of us suspect he's going to be a lot like Elliot, but he might not be. He better be. Mm. I don't know. My aunt Peggy just died. She had seven kids. Wow. You know, and they all turned out, well, different struggles, different. They all had different struggles, but you know, you got to wonder, did she love them each the same? I bet she'd tell you she did. Oh, people always say they do. But you, but now that you're on this side of it, you think that it's true. I think it's true. You really do love them. Like, what if yeah. you had to save just one? That's, you, can't, you can't do that to yourself. You can't think about that. If I had to save one of those two kids. You're in the Sophie's Choice, Greg's Choice. Search. I think that Owen would be a better bet for, um, he is, he's going to be a good, strong, decent person so jojo may write one of the great poems ever written oh interesting or so which is she could be very sad (laughs) i don't know well she why can't it be both she could write poems and be sad right 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 so which is the greater gift to humanity i I don't know probably me i should save me save you yeah because i do podcasts it's important because people listen to you while they're driving or working out or cleaning. And without that, it's a real butterfly effect kind of thing, you know? And sometimes I make them laugh so hard at work that they have to close their mouth, that they have to put their hands over their mouth. Yeah. Oh, I, people tell me they can't even listen at work anymore because yeah. they laugh too loudly. I have people that can't drive while listening to the podcast. Right, because they get into accidents. They get into accidents. They have, to, accident. they have, to, pull they have over. to pull over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people have actually pulled over because they were laughing so hard at any radio show ever. Yeah, I don't know, but I and yet I believe it every time I hear it. Yeah. It's just how it's Oh, just you how have it to. Is. Yeah, it yeah. feels good to hear that. <laughs> yeah, but the negative stuff, I don't believe that, but yeah. I do believe, you know, people yeah. who say that, like, if you believe the positive, then you have to also, no, they say if you believe the negative, then you also have to believe the positive. I'm like, no, I'm sorry, that's not the equation that I've uh, set nope. up for myself. Narcissist <laughs> equation is very different. That's right. Okay. Should we jump into... Wait, I want to double back for one okay. second. Weird labor dreams. Expound. So I think maybe in in real life, I was having cramps or contractions, which ha- can happen early. Um, because in the dream... I went to the hospital because I was in labor and then I sort of realized, but wait, I'm not, you know, it's too early for me to be here. But I think, so maybe I'm not really in labor, but then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, like, no, I think I am. Um, and then first I went to this hospital in Burbank cause that's where we're moving. And then I decided, no, I, then I, in the middle of, I switched hospital. Like it's this is it's not really interesting. It's more just like a weird anxiety dream. I switched hospitals, and in real life I've changed doctors, but in the dream, I had my old doctor show up, and I hadn't seen her throughout the pregnancy, and she had had all this plastic surgery, and I wow. was yeah, I was trying to explain to her why she what, had like big fake tits and lips and everything. What no, just neck up face surgery. Okay, so she had blonder hair and a tighter face and bigger lips. And Does your doctor need that? N- I've never even thought about it. No. Okay. No, I don't think so. She looks fine as she is. Mm. And I was explaining to her that the reason she hadn't seen me throughout the pregnancy is, oh, well, we moved. And so I thought I was going to be in Burbank, but then the baby came early. And then here's the weird part. They were doing an ultrasound, and it looked like alphabet soup, like all these little things floating in there. And then I realized I was looking at the chromosomes and then in the middle of the chromosome was a fish, uh, like Siamese fighting fish. And that was the baby. It was like, that was the raw material that was going to be the baby. In real life, I did Ralph Garman's podcast and he has a fish and I noticed it when I walked in and like that somehow that tucked, tucked itself in my subconscious, I guess. So then the, fish baby was on a tray like a gurney 
and it was big now and I was looking at it and I was looking at it had eyes and teeth and I was like oh that's my baby's eyes and teeth this fish is not cute at all but I guess maybe if those eyes were in my baby they would be cute and I knew the hospital was going to send me home because I wasn't ready to deliver yet but I'm like but my fish baby is here yeah so and then I woke up and once your kid has teeth he's probably ready to there's Come a lot out. of teeth, yeah. Did yeah. you know that babies are born with a lot of fucking teeth in, like, if you if, if you see an, and everyone should do this because it'll make you want to barf. If you see an x-ray of, like, an infant's mouth, there's a lot of teeth in there. I oh, think yeah? there's some of the adult teeth in there, too. Wow. It's so, there's that, that tiny round mouth is just chock full of teeth. Yeah. So gross. Jeez. Yeah. All right, so what do you want to do? First of all, I would like to apologize for everyone who sat through listening to that dream because I think it was long. Well, I can't, I hit you from out of nowhere on yeah. that. I wasn't prepared. We can take that out. Will we? Yeah. If you don't like uh, it. I'll make, no, I think it's a... I mean, we'll, let's decide on okay. that later. We'll decide later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we should do a segment called Highs and Lows. It's our first segment. That's right. And we are open to other ideas for the name. I suggested that we call it highs and woes, like baby talk, just because it's so fucking annoying. But we don't have to. It might be too annoying. Anyway, this would be good and bad that happened to us recently. And now my high. And And you're in the past. I'm assuming this is coming out once a week. This is in the last week. What was your high? What was your low? Now, I'm sharing my high with you because I know that you're a perv. Okay. This happened to me in my first pregnancy, and now it is happening again. I'm having orgasms in my sleep. Yes! Isn't that so weird? Yes! That's a free orgasm. You don't have to wash your hands when you're done. You don't have to hire any elect- hide any electronics. Right. Wow. Right. There's no shutting it off, sliding it into a drawer of any... Of you don't even feel that. shame, because the shame with masturbation is not... Masturbation? Masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> They're both correct, really. <laughs> is is not in the act itself. It's the planning, the mm-hmm. execution, and the cleanup. Yeah, it, it's also the feeling immediately afterwards a little bit. Yes. Think? Yeah. Like, but I am a, an a, accomplished human who has important things to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> what did I just... Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why it only... I don't know why pregnancy creates a situation where that happens, but it... I'll have like a, a a racy dream and then I will actually wake up having an orgasm. Wow. It's so weird. Wow. I really don't, I don't know if it's the hormones. I don't know if it's stuff pressed, like, well, the baby and my uterus are still relatively small now. So I think it must be the hormones. It's just hormones. Yeah. When you say wake up having the orgasm, it does it continue for like Once a second. You- it's like a rolling feeling of like almost like I'll kind of wake up as it's happening and I'll realize it's happening. And you'll be aware that as you were sleeping, you were having it. Yeah. It like it, it sort of crescendoed right as I, I think I, it, it probably woke me up, but like it happened right on the cusp. Damn. Do yeah. you roll over and try to throw a move on the man? No, 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 no. I just go back to sleep. I just go, that's cool. That's weird. No, because right, I mean, here's the thing is like right after, well, you're probably the same, like right after, like I, it's not like I wake up and I'm like turned on. I, I, I've had my orgasm. You're done. I'm, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I was treated well in the dream. Yeah. I don't know. If I, if I woke up and I had a great dream where I was eating a peach cobbler, <laughs> I would probably get up and go buy some peach cobbler. Well... That, I have had something like that, which is if I think of a food item or see a particular food item, then all of a sudden it like triggers a craving for that. But when it comes to sex, no. You're done. I have been, yeah. Punch out. Yeah. Although I did, I have felt a return of my libido recently because it was kind of nowhere to be found except in my dreams in the first trimester. I, I felt really sick the first trimester. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I, I feel like kind of human again. And, but I also felt moody and I Googled, you know, the 14th week of pregnancy. And it's like, you may find a return of your libido and you're, it's just weird how 
they really nail down. Like I'm like, oh, I'm textbook. Every yeah. it's it's strange how much I really am exactly what like, this thing really has me figured out. So that's my high. What's your high? My high this week a uh, little different. <laughs> Didn't wake up having an orgasm. I've never had a wet dream by the way in my life. You have. I feel cheated. I don't know how many men I know actually. I think it's a. It's a glorified really? myth, the wet dream. Interesting. I don't I, know. If you've had a wet dream, email us. What's our email address? Do we uh, have one? We don't have one yet. Oh. We right. might have one. I am blanking. I think we have, we have one. one. All right. We'll, we'll announce it on the next episode. Yes. But I'm curious how many guys have experienced it because I, uh, I have definitely woken up with erections as, as recently as yesterday, but never climaxed in bed. And glad. Glad. Well, yeah. Who it's wants messy. to? I mean, and have you even? Even when you were hitting puberty, I thought that was like one of the signs of hitting puberty. Maybe because I masturbated so much, there was nothing left. The wet dream, <laughs> wet dream with right. <laughs> puff. <laughs> <laughs> right, you were ejaculating, but it was just a. Pff. Yeah, and so interesting. No, so I never had one, and I think it's too late now. You know, when it comes to the point where you can come that easily, un- unassisted. Like, I always think of a wet dream also as you're not using your hands, mm-hmm. you know? And whereas now, I need two hands, some porn. Right. You need the works. I need everything, in everything, all, all resources directed towards the orgasm. Have you ever, personal question, ever availed yourself of ED drugs? I did, twice. What is that like? It made me really lightheaded. Oh, and it made and it made me feel out of it for the rest of the day, and I didn't really need. I needed. I, w- I went on an antidepressant for a while that made me start to have an issue, mm-hmm. and so um, I tried it, and that that didn't work. And then I just went off the antidepressant, and it was fine. It was a side effect of. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. It was uh, Effexor. Don't take Effexor if you want to have many of them strong, have sexual yeah side effects. Yes, I believe Lexapro. Is it Lex- yeah, Lexapro mm-hmm. does, Effexor does. So now that you're off of the Effexor, though, have you been depressed or anxious? <laughs> What's that? Big penises. Big, <laughs> hard penises. But how's your brain? No, I went on a different antidepressant. Oh, okay. That doesn't have a... Which one? It's called... I don't... You know what? I don't like to say because... Like an ad. I don't want to be an ad, and I feel like if you have issues with depression, you should go to a psychopharmacologist, mm-hmm. get checked out talk therapy, figure out what you need. Right, get and dialed then, in. And yeah, 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 I'm not, don't, don't try to do, do me. So when you took the erectile dysfunction drug, though, did it, like, I've heard it feels like just a, like, like you've got like a hard thing attached to you. Like you yes. disconnected yes. from it. Like it, it just affects like the physical. But I was a machine. Yeah. You know, we, we were staying at a, uh, I was doing a gig, a corporate gig, so we were staying at a Four Seasons, and we just we just went to town. I mean, just kept on going. Do you take it, and it's just like, boing, or do you still need to be stimulated? No, it's like turbo. You still got to start the car mm-hmm. and drive the car, and then the turbo kicks okay. in. Okay, that's better, I guess, than if like you took it, and then like, oh, shit, I got to go to pick up my kid from school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or something else inappropriate. Yeah. Hey, can you, can you just send him out? <laughs> Now, you know the rules. You have to come and you have to sign them out. Well, just on this particular day, wondering if you might be able to just scribble my name and walk him out to the car. <laughs> so my low, or my woe, I, by, I, by the way. Oh, wait, I didn't I, say my high. Oh, that's right. All Sorry. Right. Let me say my Sorry, high. Sorry, I'm just over here doing my own thing. Well, yeah. listen, you know, it's your, you're excited to share bad news because you're Jewish. <laughs> You know, the <laughs> Irish so guy true. wants to share his good news. Oh, yeah, because you guys are so happy. So my... Wait, so wait, your good news wasn't that you never had a wet dream? Because <laughs> that's what it's, that's what I think I there was thought. a point where I was depressed about that. I felt cheated. But uh, no, yeah. I, feel, I feel good now. I mean, you get, very, you get very controlling about your environment as you get older. Right. And you don't want to mess. You don't want messes anywhere. I don't want messes anywhere. Yeah. So my high for the week, just to just to um, transition nicely into this, me and my family, um, my kids started. They discovered Seinfeld. Oh, cool! And you know, and they they cycled through the Office 
Um, what else do they like? Parks and Rec, some South Park. They've they've gone through a bunch of the shows on Netflix that most kids get into, and then they and then I told them about Seinfeld a while ago, and they didn't they didn't respond, and then somehow it took, and now we are going through every episode one by and you forget how iconic those episodes mm-hmm. were like you know whether it's the soup nazi or terry hatcher's real tits in the steam room <laughs> or like one after the other each episode like i remember all of them and they're so fucking well done and they're so funny it really is like top two or three sitcoms yeah. in history and so we get on the couch and because we just moved. We we bought a house in Venice about 16, 17 years ago. And uh and we lived in it. It's a uh, it's a, because we converted the family room into a because uh, we we converted the third bedroom into a family room. Mm-hmm. So because it was such a small house and our kids were living in the same room together until they were like 11 and 8. Oh wow. And so they had bunk beds and they were fine. And they, do you know, they never complained once about it. Those are good kids. But eventually we got to the point where we're like, you know, they need some space. We yeah. Need another bathroom. A girl and boy, you need, they need their own space. So we rented a house and we rented out our house to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so we've been living elsewhere for six years. And uh, now that we've moved back in, there's a studio out back, a studio apartment that we rent out. And, and this so, is not the house where you had your birthday party, correct? That was no, the rented house? that was the rented That's house. That's the one I've been to then, yeah. And so we booted out the tenant in the studio, and Owen is moving in there. So mm-hmm. that solves it. But he was too young before, but now right. he's old enough where we can say, man. stick him back there and let him do what he does. <laughs> yeah. You know, we know what he's going to do. Wet dreams. A lot of wet dreams. And so... Um, so he can't get in there yet because we have to do some construction on it. So he's been living in the house, which is now he's in that what would have been the third bedroom, but he's like a wide open living room. Mm-hmm. And so that's the TV room. And we so we sit there and there's this one couch and we're a small family. We're a skinny family. Four of us comfortably sit on one couch. It's amazing. And we watch Seinfeld. Is it like a three cushion couch or a two cushion couch? It's you like, know, it's like a uh, it's a futon. Oh my so god! So it's not even very big. It's very small. That's so cute. And so but it we sounds so uncomfortable. Snuggle, and then the dogs, of course, jump on the mm-hmm. on the bed because right. they want to be in the pack. And then we sit there and we watch Seinfeld. And we'll watch three, sometimes four episodes in a row, laugh our ass off, and it's just so great. That's and it's so, so sweet. And it's just so. We've been back in the house for a couple weeks, and it has been it's so much better. Mar Vista is just like a the it was the suburbs, mm-hmm. and we didn't know our neighbors, and you know our, our it was there was an upstairs. This is there's no upstairs. This is a small house, but it's in a neighborhood that is just filled with all of our dearest friends. We're less than a mile from the beach, and you sacrifice the space for everything else, and it's worth it. And I think that families should be living in smaller quarters. I don't think you should. How big is your new house? Uh. 2,300 square feet. Oh, all right. Too big. Too big to have a healthy family. <laughs> so have, have it upstairs? Well, here's, no, it's just one level. Okay. Here's the downside, a downside, or as you point out, possibly an upside. The way it is laid out, I think everyone will want to hang out in one area, right. which is, it's got an open kitchen, like opens onto the family room or living room. And then it also has, a. we're going to call that the family room. And then it has like, you know, a couple bedrooms off of that. And then it's got a living room and like the sort of area where we're going to put the dining room table and then two bedrooms and a bathroom off of that. I, I think the heart of the house is much smaller. It just yeah. happens to sort of have a, a couple extra bedrooms, which is nice. Right. Yeah. I think it's really great to be on the same floor. Once you have that second floor, the kids go upstairs and you don't see them again. Mm-hmm. They just disappear. And now that they're on the same floor, we have dinner together. We sit in the other room together and fucking listen to the music. And then we go watch TV together. It's like, it's my son's last year and I'm savoring every minute of it. I love that. And the two of them get along great. I mean, it's paradise. I really have to say it's been, so that's my high of the week is realizing that we were meant to move back into this house. Whatever stuff we had to get rid of mm-hmm. to to fit into this house was worth it. And um, wait, how small is this house? I don't know square footage, but it's not big. Mm-hmm. But but the, but the saving grace is in the back. 
there was a two-car garage that we converted. We put in hardwood floors, drywalls, put in some windows, a bathroom. And so that's like really the TV room now. Mm-hmm. And then the studio apartment is next to that. So that all flows. So the construction is we're building a door between the studio apartment and the two-car garage, which is now the bonus room. Gotcha. And then the backyard has a hot tub and a barbecue and a patio and dining room table and an outdoor heater. And wow. So all that space in between the two is livable space. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is not big. Right. And it makes you also weed out a lot of stuff. We're living with the essentials. How's your uh, wife feel about the move? Loves it. Loves it. You know, I my concern is it's only been a couple of weeks, and I threw two moves on her since mm-hmm. we moved back in. Both accepted, mm-hmm. but they were both during the day okay. while the kids were out. Nighttime sex is going to be tricky because my daughter's bedroom's next to ours. Yeah. Now, are you typically nighttime people? Now we're daytime people. Mm-hmm. Is that what happens when the kids start going to school? Like, I've wondered, how does this work? Gets real sexy during the day. It does. <laughs> yeah. It does. Okay, here's a question. Uh, now that I'm an adult and now that I'm on Instagram, I just see other people who have kids post about the first day of school and, like, they're just, like, delirious with joy over the kids being at school now and now they get their life back. And I had no idea that that was how parents felt when their kids went to school. I figured it was just a like, well, I'm going to miss you, but this is, you know, for your own good that you're getting educated and I'll see you at three o'clock. Or is it like, woohoo? I think it's different. I think for my wife's been a stay at home mom. And I think for her, the work didn't stop. Mm -hmm. You know, it was shopping and paying bills and running errands and, you know, because I'm on the road so much. Right. That um, I can't contribute as much. I mean, I'm usually home like Sunday through Thursday. And so she's dealing. And then, you know, I'm a little jet lag coming back. And, you know, and then when I'm home, I'm doing my podcast. So it's like, you know, she really is the home care provider. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm more relieved when they go to school because then I can throw a move on her. (laughs) Right. So I think all the more reason why it's not good when they go off to school. They're her protector. <laughs> they're, they're her cock box. <laughs> now can I share my bad news? Yes, we can get to Thank your bad you. news, your bad low. What I was going to say is I do hate, hate baby talk. And this is not my bad news. It's just a, pre, it's, it's a disclaimer for I don't know why I want to call this highs and woes because I hate that. In fact, there was this woman that we were when uh, it doesn't matter when in my life, but a friend of a friend who used to, <laughs> when she would go to take a shower, she, <laughs> I can barely say it. It's going to make me vomit. She'd go, I go take show show now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that so, sounds like a Korean massage parlor. Yep. No, she's just, just a small white woman who liked baby talk. Really? Yeah. And I had a crush on this guy, and he ended up marrying her and having kids with her. And I was always like, I can't believe he chose baby talk over over me. Yeah, I mean, I can't. We're, we're, she and I could not have been more different. Yeah. But anyway, my low is my son Elliot, best cutest baby in the world, has started hitting our dog Wendy best cutest dog in the world well she's kind of a yeah she's kind of a nightmare mm. um but we love her i'm sure you do but she is but she's very gentle i know that when you see her she's just barking at you and like kind of hopping towards you and then hopping away and just hasn't warmed up over the last few no years. she no it takes her a long time to warm up but she doesn't treat us that way she just it's weird she's just kind of averse to strangers but she's not aggressive well that's like going well you know bill yeah he's a racist but he's not racist with us it's like well yeah because you're all white your dog's a racist (laughs) you're equating the two (laughs) um not all dogs anyway my dog's racist by the way really against who latinos interesting yes barks at latinos i think may i think mostly because if you live in LA, mm-hmm. a lot of your lawn care workers, right. uh, postal workers, 
guy reading the meter are very often Latino. And I think that the, the even when my friends come over that are Latino, still bark at them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they think they're going to check the meter or bring right. us a package. I don't know. Right. That's embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. That's when you see, at least I don't have that problem because she acts that way towards everyone, regardless yeah, of she's colorblind. So, but, but she's a cavalier and they're a very sweet breed. And so she's not, she doesn't nip. She's not aggressive. I've never seen her bare her teeth or anything, which is good because Elliot now wants to hit her. Um, and he thinks it's very funny and he wants to like bop her on the nose and, he if he's holding a spoon he wants to tap her with the spoon and i don't know how to communicate to him that you can't do th- i mean i i do communicate to him i can't get through to him that you can't do this and my con- my concern is that i don't like i could, she's not enjoying it mm. and like i said thankfully she's not aggressive but i could see her getting to a point where she's just you know does some i don't think my fear is where is this headed yeah i don't i do not want her oh, to nip him yeah, yeah. And she'll kind of go like, you know, she'll sort of, eh, she'll kind of like make a little noise. Like, don't, like, I don't, I don't do this. And he thinks that's funny. Uh, like he did, the whole thing is very funny to him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll so say. So the dog is only reinforcing the behavior inadvertently. Oh, I guess. I guess. And, oh, and so and now he does this thing where he like kind of, he'll come up to her and like tap her and, and go and look at me and go, no, 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 no. Because I've said no so many times. And mm-hmm. so I said to Daniel, I, you know, I think I'm, I am getting through to him, though, because he's saying no, no. And Daniel's like, he might just be imitating you. Mm-hmm. Like, now he thinks what you do is you say no while you hit the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, you know, I've read about what to do. And so I've started, you know, I'll take his hand and I'll show him, like, this is how we, you know, nice. And we do it gently. Or yeah. we scratch her. Yeah, that's and what you do. And then he'll, he'll do that. But he still wants to be rough with her uh-huh. so i don't i don't know what to do yeah i'm a little hard, uh incur- not, encourage is the wrong word but sort of reassured by the fact that my friends who have babies at the same age they're going through this with their dogs and cats too so it's like a common thing at this age but yeah i don't know what to do it's not that often that you hear about a dog snapping at a kid right who's in the house i think they just sort of they get it right she i've been been very uh, thrilled to see how patient she is with him. Like if she has, like she could, he could walk up to her and take food out of her mouth and she would let him, which yeah. is crazy because I could, she wouldn't, she would just run away if I tried to, yeah. you know? So she seems to get that there's sort of a different, uh, yeah, it's code of behavior around him. Yeah. And now your dogs are shits. So my how, dogs how are, are they shitty, shitty dogs. <laughs> my, my dog bites, uh, my, my one dog brulee bites. Yeah. I remember, you told me that after I had interacted with Brulee quite a lot. <laughs> I think he did bite you, didn't no, he? No, 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 no. He was very sweet with he me. He bites most people, and he... Yeah, um, like, I wish... Like, that's a heads up. That's a, something you should have told me before. But Yeah, okay. we lost our homeowner's insurance because he bit this girl in the face. And, <laughs> so I'm not uh, laughing. It's sad. You know? <laughs> was she okay? <laughs> yeah, she was fine. <laughs> two girls. Bit two girls in the face. And, you know, honestly, we probably should put him down. Or find a home but even if for I'm anyone t- who's wondering he's like this little fluffy dog yeah they they're sometimes the worst though yes because they know they can get away with well it. they know they're also more threatened by a kid because right. the kid is their size right and they don't like a spastic thing their own size because no one does that's, they well they think that spastic thing is in is attacking they yeah. don't get that it's just being itself right and so um so i don't know what to do with this dog because I, I I'm kidding that I love my dogs as you you can't not you know look at your dog you love that thing <laughs> and uh and it's like it's, but but at the same time is he really a danger is he really going to hurt somebody right. someday do we put him down I mean he's perfectly healthy but do we put him down because he bites no I think you just avoid situations well where that's this we could do we problem. put him on a leash we we time to a chair in the house when if people are coming over right. and if, if a kid's coming over we lock him in the bedroom yeah. And then we're just very aware when we answer the door, the front door, if right. he's there. Right. So um, you lost your homeowner's insurance. I assume you were able to get another kind of homeowner's insurance? Yes. Yes. So the insurance paid out the Yes. The claim, we were sued. Though. We were sued. Wow. Yeah. Did you lose friends over it? We lost them, but that was good riddance. Okay. Didn't like them. Well, they're, they're the, the suing type. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say not them. Didn't like him. Didn't like him. And he's the one that sued. Okay. Not her. 
Should I be saying this on the air? I don't know. Do you, are you comfortable with it? I don't give a shit. Yeah. Are they going to be listening, care. do you think? If they are, then stop listening. Yeah. This stop. show's not for you. Yeah. This show's for everyone who is a parent, was a parent, had a parent, or ever was a child, but it's not for you, guy. It's not for you, dude. <laughs> I don't think... I can never picture this guy as a child. Oh, maybe um, he never was one. I don't, I don't know. I think he... Anyway, so my low of the week was not really that child-related, um, but because we're downsizing the house, we've been getting rid of some furniture. We moved in, and like the, the bonus room was like a warehouse. It was stuffed with mm. things that couldn't fit in the house. And so we've been selling stuff on Craigslist, which I never wanted to do because it's just so time-consuming, and then you got to let a stranger into right. your house, and ultimately it's not for very much money compared to what you paid for it. And so we have these, uh, my kids had these two Ikea desk chairs, and I think brand new they were 40 bucks. So we're selling them for 20 <laughs> And all of a sudden, you know, I'm at my office. I have an office that's like 10 minutes from the house. And I'm at the office, and I have more work to do. And then I'm going to go to the gym, which is next to the office, before I drive home. Well, I get, a, I get an email from some guy. Hey, I can take the chair, but I got to come get it right now. And I'm like, all right, can you give me 15 minutes? All right, man. So now I like close up all the work I'm working on, cancel the gym thing, drive home in traffic, Get to the get For to the house. Forty dollars. Guy goes twenty dollars. Guy a guy emails me. And he goes, sorry, dude. Wife wife found another chair. Oh man! So I went in the back and I got the chair and I walked it out to the curb and I Good. just left it at the fucking curb. Good. But it's not worth the headache. It's not worth the headache. And we have other stuff in there that's just. It's just how much are we gonna get for this fucking beat up old dresser? It's really depressing how much furniture. I mean, unless it's some special antique piece or something, does not hold its value. I mean, no. it's crazy. Like you can go to I don't know Crate and Barrel or Pottery Barn or whatever and look at their couches and their thousands of dollars, and then go on Craigslist and find like the same couch that's for like you know one hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's just. It's like cars in terms of the depreciation. Oh, yeah. Try to sell your uh, old TV. Right. Or try to sell a stereo receiver. Yeah. Because when we just moved, I had three stereo receivers for some reason. I was selling all of them because who needs a fucking receiver anymore? And people were laughing. They come to the garage and they go, yeah, good luck with that receiver. (laughs) That like, you know, 40 pound piece of metal that does what a dock does for your iPod right right now. iPod? Some people have iPhone. iPhone. Who has an iPod anymore? Only someone who's hanging onto a piece of old machinery. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. I had an I had an iPod dock going into the receiver, going out to these giant speakers that had woofers in them. Right. You and now the entire thing is your phone into do you have a Sonos speaker? No. These Sonos speakers are about um I don't know, maybe maybe two two feet, if that, 18 inches by a foot. Mm-hmm. But it's got two speakers and two woofers and a the surround sound. It's like, it's unbelievable. It's all Bluetooth. And you just, from anywhere in your house, just hit your phone and it fills the house with a resonant, de- what, what am I doing a fucking commercial for Sony? But I got to mention this to Daniel. Bose is just as good and fair. Because he has fairness. dreams of like having a full wired smart, or wireless, but wire, like a full smart home. Mm. Like, he would love to be able to control the lights without having to touch the light switch. Like this has never been a dream of mine, Mm. but yeah, that's going to be a tough one because that's a lot of money to sink into the house, but you should do it now. Yeah. When do you move in? I think, uh, about four weeks from now. No shit. That's the hope. Yeah, I know. Um, as we record, we're sitting among boxes that are, not so, like there's like four packed boxes behind you and the rest are just boxes of boxes we're ready when we need boxes oh yeah we got some boxes for you thank you oh do you need more no i think we're good okay yeah got Dan- a good mover for you you do got a great mover for oh you. I, that name i will take yes that name i will these take. guys showed up at our house and i mean you want to feel like a fucking pussy just stand there and watch your movers these guys come i know in. And they were all, they were they were like, uh, I can't remember what ethnicity they were. That's how colorblind I am. I want to say they were Caribbean. And they came in and dudes were picking, one guy picks up a lazy boy and walks 
around the house and wow. down the alley and puts it on. Another guy's got a dresser on his back. Yeah. Imagine being that strong. And not not like I'll do that and then have a sandwich. <laughs> then I'll go back and right. do the same thing again in rotation for 12 hours straight. Whenever I see movers, I feel sorry for them. And then I have to remind myself, well, no, they chose this. This is what they do every day. Like for me, there's nothing worse than having to do what they do. But not all people feel that way about physical endeavors. Those guys are probably like, yeah, man, you have to sit down and talk about your feelings on the microphone, man. (laughs) Right. They would never. I could never do that. Oh, my God. Did you was take that a, a class Caribbean in a Caribbean accent? Because <laughs> I felt like I was in the Caribbean. I think I cycled through a few different countries. I heard that. some Jamaican in there. Yeah. But um, So but anyway, I've got it. movers for you. Thank you. And now it's time for shout out. <laughs> this is where we both give a quick little bit of love to a product that we found is helpful for you being a parent. Exactly. Uh, my product is the Prince Lionheart Wash Pod. So we received... These are unpaid, by the way. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way forever, though, people, if you'd like to, you know. But right now, yeah, this is just out of the goodness of our heart, trying to help other people. Uh, we got like one of those regular baby bathtubs, and we found that our baby hated it. And then... And you can lose a kid through the garbage disposal sometimes. You know, you're washing your kid, in, all of a sudden you hit that, that switch by accident. Thank you for bringing this up. In our new, So in every home I've lived in, including New York, where they don't have garbage disposals in New York. You know, you were That's there right. for crashing. It's, yeah. It sucks. But anyway, but everything else about New York is great. Anyway, the garbage disposal is in one place and the switch is like far away. Mm. In our new house, the garbage, the, it's not a switch. It's a, like, I think it's called an air in, something. Yeah. It's a button you push, but it's like right on the edge of the sink. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to push it kind of hard, but still, it's it seems so unsafe. I was half expecting it when our inspector came through for him to be like, that's not up to code, that's dangerous. But apparently, this is an option. But my, I have so many fears of somehow someone pressing that while we're like bathing a child in the sink or something. Yeah. So we just won't bathe them in the sink is the answer, I guess. Uh, which so is instead, fine. we've got... Yes, the Prince Lionheart wash pod. Uh, the thing that it looks like a bucket. It's very upright, and it's great if you have a baby who doesn't like the feeling of being kind of put like lying back in a bathtub because they just sit up in it, and they say that it simulates their position in the womb. And he immediately took to it. And then when he got too big for that, we switched to something called the Schnoogle, which is like a similar sort of upright bathtub, just a little bigger. Now he's in a regular regular bathtub, but this saved our butts for the longest time it was the only way i could wash him and it's really easy and and they love it and he loved me in the back this is from day one age wise well you could use it from day one we didn't because uh i but one we just could. did yeah we just did like um oh my god what is it called sponge baths and stuff sponge when baths, he was little yeah. um yeah so i it was starting at a few months we started using this so prince lionheart wash pod i recommend that if you don't know where you're going to bathe your infant and what about you, Greg? My shout out is for when you get a little older, when mm. your son is about, I'm going to say seven, six, six to eight, uh, The Dangerous Book for Boys, Oh, which was written by a couple, uh, Khan and Hal Igdigan, Igdigadun, I don't know where they're from. How but we, is that spelled? Um, I-G-G-U-D-E-N, Igdigan. That's a fun name. Um it is their reaction to boys being raised to be pussies. Mm-hmm. And this is like, and we use the shit out of this. Me and my son, we made a go-kart with this. We made a slingshot with it. We made a tree fort. And it's just like little projects you and your son do together. And it makes you tougher. It makes you use your hands. And um, and it's, 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 I think they're actually developing it into a TV show now. That sounds right. Yeah, or maybe they did, but recommend the book. Check it out. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to have to get that. And I hope hope people don't read this as us trying to show sponsors where their ads would go, because this is not. This is a consumer review. Not a review, because it's all good things we like. Yeah. No, it's it's just a shout-out. It's just a shout-out. Because when you're a new parent... There's so much stuff you have There's to a lot buy. Of crap. A lot of yeah, crap. and also and the wipers. By the way, yeah. I turned on when when uh, 
Tom and Christina, Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky. had their baby. They were complaining to me about wiping uh, and that the baby didn't like the feeling. And I sent them a baby warmer, and it was the same one that they then sent you. Yes, and not the same exact one. I right. mean, unless they put it back in the box. Right. right. And then when I had a baby, Christina sent me a wipe warmer, yeah. um, which is the kind of thing that you think you don't need. However, it does make a difference because when you wipe the baby's butt, it's nice to have a, a nice warm wipe. And the kid gets older and you throw it in your own bathroom. Yeah. I wish I had a nice warm wipe. <laughs> Sometimes. Now it's time for You Rang. You Rang. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, <laughs> then we might play on the show. <laughs> Greg's laughing at me because of how professional I am. You can call <laughs> I us. I was counting on you to be the smooth professional broadcaster while I was the ADHD guy. So once in a while, when you're not exactly on your mark, I have to chuckle a little bit. It's Look, we all do. Get your laughs in now. Here's the number. 323-553-2331. Anytime again, you have a question, leave you it dial. On, yes, that's right. 323-553-2331. Two three three one. All right, let's let's help someone. Okay, so this is uh, one that we got from um, this person. Didn't leave their name, but they're from another country. So here we go. They're from Australia. Hey guys, hello from Australia. Hey, I had a question about how much sleep deprivation did you deal with, and how did it affect your life, especially in the early stages of having a kid? Love you guys. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, Greg. It's dog. See ya. Well, Allison, you're more in the throes of that I than was me right now. A little disappointed that he didn't have an Australian accent. So was I. Yeah, he set an expectation, and why say from Australia and then just speak like one of us? Anyway, the sleep deprivation was awful at the beginning. I wonder I, if that guy like goes to bars and he's like, "Well, you know how it is for us Australians, just uh, you know, like trying to <laughs> trying to like be interesting with people by right. saying he's from Australia, right?" But really, he's from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. No, I bet he's just an expat or something. Like, I bet he is from here, but he moved there. Yeah. We are going to need your story, Australian guy, if you are really Australian. I was not prepared for the sleep deprivation, even though I think everyone had warned me. It's not like it's a big secret. But then I just didn't realize how intense it is. I mean, you, I mean, some of it, I think, is just the anxiety of, oh, my God, I have a new baby. I wasn't prepared for this, even though I thought I was prepared for this. But they really are up, you know, every, you you have to feed them every two hours, if not more. And it is insane. And at the beginning, you've been told that you can never fall asleep while you're holding your baby because you'll roll over on your baby or... Who you know, told you that? Oh, that's like a big a big thing now. SIDS. People, oh, everyone's that's afraid bullshit. of SIDS. So you're never supposed to like sleep no. with your baby in the bed. You and, sleep with the baby in the bed. There's not... That's, right, but you... Be, that's not true. I know, but that is a fear that is drummed into new parents' heads now. Maybe... T- I think times have changed a bit. Uh... Because I don't think people were so afraid of that then. But now, if you go to like any class, like they will freak you out about that. So you'll be like, I gotta stay awake. I gotta stay awake. And there's just so many fears about how breakable a baby is. And then the sleep deprivation is just awful. Pretty soon, you sort of, you know, if, if there's two of you, you kind of work, you'll work out a situation. I think at the beginning, I would sleep from 10 to 3 a.m. And Daniel would stay up taking care of the baby until three. And then I would be up from three on. And then, you know, eventually they got on a regular schedule. But it was really, really tough for me. Like there were a lot of times where I would be at like four in the morning. I would just be rocking him crying um, because I was so tired. And I I was so like felt like I was falling apart. But just to go back to the baby in the bed thing, if you look statistically – if you take out drinking and drug use, there is very, very, very little instance of crushing or suffocating your baby mm-hmm. in bed. We have all kinds of instincts. The babies have yeah. kind of instincts, and it just doesn't happen. You're meant to have your, your baby in the bed with you. Re- There's a book. I think it's called, it might be called Sleeping With Your Baby, and it's by James McKenna, and he's one of the foremost... Um, Proponents? Yeah, of sleeping. Uh, well, he's one of the foremost researchers into SIDS, which is sudden infant death yeah, syndrome. Right. And 
into like we're meant to sleep with our children it actually reduces SIDS right. because your baby that's what is, he says is yeah listen to your breathing and your heartbeat and right. regulates his own system yes but there's all these suggestions for how to do it properly which is like you're not supposed to have a sheet in the bed and you're or like you and your husband are supposed to have separate sheets i don't know it's like the whole thing is sort of is sort of crazy uh i i think um well, if you but anyway, read, yeah, the, you read this book have, by him. Instead of the sheets, you should have a duvet, and also only do doggy style. That way, you're both watching the baby, <laughs> and nobody's landing or rolling on him. I remember our doula saying to us, "You're not going to roll over on your baby." It's the, in the same way that when you are sleep taking a nap on the couch you don't just suddenly roll off the couch right, which is right. like you have such no situational yeah. awareness but i think the fear is that you feel so tired and so out of mm-hmm. it that like you don't even know what you might be cap- what might happen yeah um so yeah the sleep deprivation was very hard for me for a long time and i ended up completely changing my schedule i was always a night owl my husband is a night owl I just changed my schedule to like I go to bed early and I get up early uh, once he got on a little more uh, a schedule and that made it much, much easier for me. If I hadn't, I think I would have been miserable always. All right. Well, listen, uh, let's get to one more before we have to go. This comes from, uh, let's see, this is, what's the person's name? Chelsea? That works for me. Yeah. All right. Here she is. You rang. Allison, Fitz Dog, Chelsea, 39, from Iowa. Allison, I've loved you since forever. My question is, my fiancé and I have been together for 15 years, and his 21-year-old daughter has recently given up meat. We're having her over for dinner in two days. How much should I, A, tweak the menu to suit her new palate? We're Iowans, after all, and most of our dinners are meat based it's hard to stay slim here or do i have a meatless monday style dinner and show her that it can still be great and show my everybody else in my family without all that meat i have two boys and a fiance and i'd love to hear what your advice is have a great day all right well listen she never said the daughter was a vegetarian the daughter-in-law but we're gonna assume that but i have a question though didn't she say like didn't she offer two She's like, should I do this or should I do this? And they were both the same, like not having meat. Should I tweak the menu? Yeah. Or should I do meatless Mondays? Isn't that I the think same? she was presenting it as, uh, I think the question is, she lives in Iowa. She has boys. And is it unfair to them oh. that for one goddamn night, no, it's that one someone meal. who lives in the Midwest can go without meat? It's one meal. And there's a thousand pasta options that don't have meat, and they're all delicious. They make a lot. I happen to know they make vegetables in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. They've they've been known. Yeah, to make I mean, a plan ahead because you're going to have to get them. You're going to have to order them. You got to order them. Yeah, uh, you're going to have to plant them, <laughs> right? And till them. And yeah, sow them. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, I think what better way of saying not only to your daughter-in-law but to your son that you value them and want them to be welcome in your home right and how about how about your two dopey sons eat some fucking vegetables for a while that's right they might like it they might you know that's right think yeah i don't think it's cons- and we are not dietitians or nutritious or even that healthy i mean maybe we are but uh i don't think it's the pinnacle of health to have meat for every single meal Absolutely not. Yeah. I think you should have meat for dinner four nights a week, maybe five. You should have fish, one or two, and then another one you should have just like a plant-based protein, say a soy mm-hmm. or a lot of beans. Sure. Uh, or a pasta. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I th- I mean, meat for four meals or five a night, is that, that sounds like a lot to me, actually. Yeah. Four uh, or five meals a night sounds like a lot to you. <laughs> I cap it at three meals a night, two in the morning, for midday. I like to get my four meals in before. (laughs) Can you tell she has another baby coming? She's feeding. But I also have baby brain. So I'm just like dumb. Um, Yes, I agree. Go see, push yourselves. Go meatless for a meal. I think it'll be welcoming to the daughter and it'll it'll be a fun challenge for you. But also... They've been engaged 
for 15 years? Or they've been together for 15 years and still engaged? Uh, they've been together the 15 years. The daughter, his daughter's 21. But I'm so. just saying they're, oh, maybe they've been, well, I'm just saying they've been together a long time yeah. to not be married. Although I'm not saying you have to get married at all. Sometimes My I wonder. My fiance and I have right, been together for I'm, 15 years. That's what I'm saying. Well, listen, these are clearly two people that don't like to get out of their comfort zone. But I say in this chance, Chelsea, give it a shot. Do it. Let us know what you cook. Call that number. Call that number. All right. Can I, I just got to say something. It's going to sound like I'm sitting here saying like everyone has to get married, which is not at all what I'm saying. I just honed in on that thing. However, if you want to live with someone and not get married, that is your choice. Sometimes I wonder why this is, this suggests I'm bringing up a topic for next time. Sometimes I wonder why I felt that like, if we are in love, the only option for us is marriage. Cause I did feel that way and I don't regret it at all, but it's like, we also could have just lived together forever. Well, yeah. I mean, it's also just like, you know, if you if you want a car, if you're not sure you want a car, lease it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But after 15 years of leasing, you could have paid the car off by now. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I'm just saying that, like, it's sort of an archaic ritual. But it's also meaningful. Marriage in general. All right, yeah. that's going to be the topic. <laughs> On the next Childish, we're going to get into whether or not your lives, because most of you have children, are indeed a lie. Allison Rosen will speak to that. <laughs> I will speak to many other things. I'm Greg Fitzsimmons. I'm Allison Rosen. And we are Childish. Childish.